Hey, Breakthrough listeners, it's Jason Lowe and Peter Lount from episode number 107. At Ascendant Financial, mybankersvault.com, we specialize in teaching real estate investors across Canada the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept. Do you also find it frustrating when it's difficult to access the financing you need or when the housing market moves against you? And when there's unexpected prolonged vacancy or expensive repairs, are you tired of transferring all that money away from you? We have the solution at mybankersvault.com. By becoming your own banker, anything that you are already doing financially, including real estate investing, is radically improved. Whether utilizing this process for down payments or for entire real estate purchases, becoming your own banker puts you in a position to control the repayment schedule on your loans while enhancing your overall returns. Whether you are brand new to real estate or a seasoned investor, we believe that ready access to money and financial control should be in your hands not the banks or a loan officer. We have an exclusive and irresistible package for Breakthrough Podcast listeners. If you want the best way to build and deploy capital, easier access to money, better returns, and less headaches, head on over to mybankersvault.com. That's mybankersvault.com. Tired of the 9 to 5? Tired of only dreaming about the things you want to do? Want to have more time for your family? More time for you? More time for you? This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we interview qualified guests in the real estate industry all across Canada. We want you to live life on your terms, and we want to help you break through to that life through the power of real estate investing. This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. Now your hosts, Rob Brake and Sandy McKay. Hello and welcome back, everybody. Glad you could join us today. As usual, sitting here with me is Sandy McKay. How are you? Hey, Rob. I'm awesome. Excited to be back. You don't sound that excited. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, next time, <laughs> it's almost like the dance monkey. Okay, go. Be more excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we've got to amp ourselves up more before the show then, is what you're saying. Yeah, you got to yeah, like, jump on the trampoline or something, get going. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing jumping jacks just so I could get going before this. Um, uh, how are things? Fantastic. Real estate's world is always fun and crazy, and uh, this last little bit is no different, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, we've got some exciting news. We're planning an investor tour. Durham REI is going to uh, join forces with me, and we're gonna cool. we're planning an investor tour here. It's most likely going to be in November. Don't have anything solid yet, but uh, stay tuned for more info on that. It's probably going to be about fifteen. I think we'll cap it at about fifteen people and come down and and check out uh, you know what investing is all about in Costa Rica. So that sounds pretty cool. You know what we should do? This is I'm going to put you on the spot a lot here, but we should maybe come up with a, some sort of a prize or something that someone could win, maybe partial payment or a free something. <laughs> some yeah, you are a... putting me on the spot, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I guess we'll just overcharge everybody else. To make up <laughs> yeah, for yeah. No, I don't, I don't know. know. So, something I, we like don't that. have details yet. Maybe something like that. Sandy would like to foot the bill for somebody to come, so that's great. Thank it you. It could even be that. We'll, we'll figure something out. I, I, Something to give some value here and make make people excited about uh, about checking out. Uh, you know what? We should there. probably like do something like that. You and I as well. Maybe yeah. organize something like that. Yeah. Um, but stay tuned for that. 
So as usual, everyone go over to our website, breakthroughreipodcast.ca. You can listen to all of our past episodes, get in touch with all the uh, past guests through the links in the show notes and uh, get our free gift. Yeah, the ultimate strategy for building wealth through real estate. And uh, as well, as you all know, you will also get on our email list. You'll uh, learn about upcoming events like we just mentioned. Um, maybe you're in some free some free stuff and uh, get on our newsletter. Never miss out on a show and learn about everything else we got going on. Uh, in our Sandy's world all about the podcast. free stuff today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> He's getting generous. I don't, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> he'll give his number at the end. You can just call and see what he's got to give away. For sure, for sure. DM me on somewhere, and we'll come up with something. And find go a way over to, to iTunes, leave us a rating and review. It really, really helps. Um, it doesn't take long. Just go over, leave us a five star review, four star review, whatever it is that you want to leave us. Just let us know what you think, and maybe give us some suggestions for upcoming guests or topics that we haven't uh, touched on yet. But um, yeah, that really helps the show get out to more people. And I think that's it, right? Uh, that sounds good to me. I mean, we've got a couple other, I think we'll talk about this maybe next show, but we've got a couple other um, kind of sh- shows or some value-added extra content in the works that you and I were both working on. So we'll release that next show, but you'll have to tune in for the next episode to learn more uh-huh. details. Do you have an think... event coming up? Um, not, uh, nothing major. No, nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nothing to promote right it, now. All right. Yeah. Let's get maybe into that's it the next, then. Maybe that's the next episode uh, thing as well. <laughs> okay. Too soon. All right. Well, I'm very happy to have Michelle Gauthier with us today. Um, you know, it's been, I think, a long time coming for this uh, interview. Yeah. So uh, we're very happy to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we got Michelle, uh, along with her husband, Mike, started investing 12 years ago in real estate and um, always investing in whatever they could, mutual funds, RSPs, uh, all that sort of thing. And they quickly realized that they made money on the appreciation of their home. They made more money on the appreciation of the home than any other mutual fund they had. And so over the years, they started investing more heavily in real estate. They invested in rent owns, buy and holds, flips. Uh, coming into this year, 2022, they had a portfolio of 60 doors. And uh, the cool thing about that is zero joint venture partners into 2022. So um, self-owned and funded one way or another, I suppose, uh, on your own. And so that's pretty cool. That's a great portfolio. And we'll learn more about what you're doing with that and uh, how you got there on this show. So thanks for being here. Awesome. Thanks again, guys. Yeah, I'm really happy that you came on. I know that you say that, uh, you know, you're, you're not necessarily into the whole podcast thing. So I really do appreciate you coming on and sharing. And that's all we're here to do, you know, we're not here to grill you or, or anything like that, just to, to learn about your story. And, uh, and I think it's an exciting one. So again, thanks. Well, thanks. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got started and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself first and, how, and then yeah. how you got started in uh, real estate investing. Well, I live in London. Um, we live in our flip house. We never thought we'd live in London, but uh, we ended up moving into uh, a house that we started flipping and actually fell in love with it. So started out in Guelph, though. We were in Guelph for 20-some years. Um, that's a little bit about me to have two kids. They're older now. They're in their early 20s. So just doesn't get any easier as they get older, just different, right? <laughs> So, um, yeah, my husband and I started investing, Mike, about 12 years ago. 
um, like you said, Sandy, and um, we just saw that we weren't making money in the mutual fund. Like we had dumped a lot of money into RSPs. We had tons of RSPs, you know, did the whole employee, employee mentality and, you know, don't know much, invest in, you know, what the financial advisor says, you keep dumping money here and there. And, and I'm like, we're not really making much money. We've made more money on, on our house going up here. And this was our simple, you know, we weren't savvy investors. We weren't anything. And, um, and something popped up on my Facebook, which said, you know, real estate education. And I'm like, hmm. So I said to Michael, let's go to this two hour, you know, as cheesy as it seems. I mean, and, you know, I you don't promote any education company or anything like that. But we did it. We spent a boatload of money. And then, you know, by spending that money, it really put the pedal to the metal for us and said, OK, we have to do something with this. You know, and, and we, you know, I. I like to say, you know, they they try to promote it as you're you're getting a university education in in a very short period of time with these education programs. So, needless to say, 12 years ago we did it. We started investing, did a bunch of stuff. Started out with rent to owns, um, did did flips. We did buy and holds. Um, that was kind of, and then we did a larger apartment building, and that was kind of what we had done at that point. And um, and then just sort of rode out the Latinx. 12 years of just having them, you know, kind of get into, um, Rob and I talked a little bit before this, uh, this, um, that uh, we do not have partners and we've managed them on our own. So that was the choices we made. Um, and we've just sort of kept our head above water all the time, you know, and had to, had to deal with, with ebbs and flows and it's it's not an easy business for anyone who thinks it's just you know you sit back and you cash your rent checks it was it was a you know it was a full-on business while while trying to hold down full-time jobs for quite a while so yeah and i think that there's two sort of frames of mind there's probably when you, when you go to an event like what you went to <clears throat> it sounds like one of the ones like i've been to a lot of real estate events and not very many of them are actually too salesy but it sounds like you went to one of the salesy ones and um, and and not to say that that doesn't offer like a, a, a ton of education. It probably does. <clears throat> but um, I think that there's two ways to come out of something like that. You come out and go, what a waste of time, you know, yeah. what a waste of time and money. Or you go, darn, I, I spent a lot of money and I'm going to make this work. Yeah. And um, and, you know, it, I, I just think that there's something to be said for just go go get some education on real estate if you're if you're listening to this like an event if you can join up in an event and go out and and meet up with other people who are doing it that's like priceless yeah well back in the day there was there was not a lot like there's so much opportunity youtube these podcasts everything there's so much opportunity out there for education without formal training but back then 12 years ago it wasn't you know it wasn't mainstream stuff and mm -hmm. so um yeah. And we just obviously made the decision to, you know, we got to do something with the money we spent. So, um, so we did, but right now, you know, there is a lot more information online that you can, uh, but you're not playing with monopoly money at the end of the day, this is right. real money and this is your hard earned money. And, um, you, you want to, you want to have some education behind you. You don't want to be, you know, shooting from the hip as that's dangerous. Now, you mentioned that you had ebbs and flows and just kept your head above water. So I think that this is important to talk about the challenges that you had um, and how you overcame them. So can well, you talk about some of the bigger ones? Sure. Yeah. No challenges. Um, 
Well, we were, you know, we were employed when we started out and we made a decision to not have partners. So just, you know, getting financing, working with lenders. Uh, we did most of it with the big banks, actually. So we were lucky that way because we had some, um, we had some money. And it was back in the day when, you know, the banks weren't as stringent as they definitely are now. So we were able to, you know, financing always was a challenge. Um, but also picking a strategy, um, I think, was a challenge. Like we were a little bit all over the place. And looking back now, um, you know, we did rent to owns. We did some flips in there. We did, we sort of, you know, you you find a property and you say, okay, I can do this with it. Or I can do that with it. So because we had all this education, we were kind of, you know, we could do multiple things, which is a good thing in, in, on one hand, but on the other hand, you know, um, we did a lot of, we were a little bit all over the place. So, um, but, uh, but rent to owns and back to the rent to own conversation, rent to owns were challenging because at the back end of rent to owns um, is always getting people qualified. And, you know, you go into these things thinking, okay, you know, you're, you're taking people's money and we don't take that lightly. We definitely, you know, try to work with people to get them, you know, to be these homeowners because we didn't want these houses. And, um, and that was, and that was challenging because we all know that the rules change on, a, on the fly when it comes to lenders, you know, today it's this percentage qualification that, and, you know, they even had, they didn't have stress tests back then. You know, they were 5% down. And then CMHC said, if you're coming out of a rent to own, 10% down. And, you know, so we're always pivoting with, with rent to owns. Um, and it did become challenging. And so you guys did it where you would find the tenant first and yeah. qualify them and they would go shopping and pick a house that they liked. Correct. And then the idea is that in the three, whatever, usually three years, they, uh, they would fix their credit, which is the whole reason they're doing a rent to own with you and be able to qualify with the bank at the end of the three years. Yep. Yep. Some of them were that. Some of them were, you know, it's funny. And, and people say, you know, we, I don't know how much we want to get into the rent to own conversation, but, you know, we did some where we kept people in their house that for extenuating circumstances had to sell to us with the long-term goal of buying it back from us. Right. So, so that that was an opportunity too, and they were made. You know, that was rule number one when we got into, and in, you know, when we did the rent when we did the rent home conversation and, and the education is don't keep people in their house, but it always did work out for us because they you know they could sell us under value. They were buying it back under value. There was that that cushion there that if things didn't go well, we were getting an undervalued property. Um, but they were, you know, they, we were able to get them qualified and they all, every, every rent to own has a story, right? Rent to owns are with lots of baggage and lots of stories and everybody has a story. They're definitely not, there's no two that are cookie cutter. So <clears throat> my experience, but we didn't do a ton of them. We maybe did 25 of them, maybe total. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, <laughs> not nothing. Not nothing. Maybe, 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 I don't know. I've never really counted them up. There were enough of them. Why, why did you, why did you say, why did, why was that, uh, I guess your thought, I mean, you, you went through with it anyways and ha kept them in their homes, but why was it a thought not to do that originally? Was that some education, some advice that you'd been given well, or, because that seems like you're really helping and doing a good thing in that. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, but they always say if people got into a situation and 
it's like a marriage going to marriage counseling, right? That, you know, you're having problems and you go, it's, it's really, eventually it's, it's going to happen again. So people get into a situation where they've had financial problems. They've got themselves into a space where they need to sell their property. Um, but they're, like I said, there's always a story and are they going to fall back into their old ways? Because there's no, there's no pain there. There's no pain. There's no, you know, taking them out of a house, putting them in another house, putting them in a smaller house, you know, there's, there's, there's not that pain there. And, and yeah, it's not a change of atmosphere, like an awakening where they're not able to stay there anymore. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, so that was one of the, the, the rules that we had, you know, in, in our heads, but there was always a story, whether it was, you know, there's always a story with these. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and there was a reason why they got into that situation that is no longer a reason. So they just need time to get back on their feet. So. Now, you mentioned financing also being one of the big challenges, and I think that's pretty common across the board when we talk about challenges. Um, and, and that's something that people need to understand is that these things aren't going to be easy, especially if you go down the route that Michelle went down where you don't have partners, um, you know, and you're trying to qualify and get the money for everything on your own. You, it's, not, it's not just going to, you know, you're not just going to call the, the same person at the same bank and get a yes. You know, you're going to have to... <laughs> talk about those challenges it's not yeah. not an easy thing right no it's not it's not and we did have to borrow private money too from time to time private money is you know um something that we had to do but you know our position on partners is just simplicity and not answering to anybody because and and we you know there was a couple like i'm kind of generalizing when i say no partners like we i did have a little rent uh, like a rental own company and we did bring in partners for that like back in the early days and whatnot but for the most part our core business green rich properties uh we we did it all on our own but and you use private money when we needed to um so you know just just kind of you know made it work because for us like i said simplicity and giving away 50 percent of the deal is something that you know I guess, you know, a lot of people could say you just really can't grow that way. And they're right. You know, if you want to scale really large. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel that someone else's money is, is even more sacred than our own. And if I had someone else's money that I had to, you know, through joint venture partners, then that, that that's a responsibility. Mm -hmm. That's, mm -hmm. that's to me, that's a huge responsibility. And I'd rather... I'd rather be a little bit risky with my own money and feel good about it and be able to sleep at night than somebody else's hard earned money. So that was just, that was a route we both. Agreed yeah. On. It's definitely very stressful. And, um, and, and sometimes when things don't work out exactly the way they're supposed to, when you look, when I look back on, you know, things that didn't go exactly the way they were supposed to, uh, partners are definitely happy now, mm -hmm. but you know, sometimes there's definitely a little bit of uh, tension <clears throat> right. So yeah, it's a trade-off, right? Can you keep growing on a larger scale? Definitely. But yeah. it, it, it's just, it's like, is that what you want to do though? We've talked about that a lot too, Sandy and I, and it's like one person's journey is not the same as another, just because you're a real estate investor doesn't mean that you have to buy <clears throat> X amount of units or you don't qualify and get out of the circle. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a matter of uh, what, what you want, like what kind of lifestyle you want. Do you want to deal with partners? Do you want that stress? Would you rather stay? I mean, it sounds like you guys have done amazing. So it's certainly not staying small. You know, I think that that's the wrong way to put it, but um, staying just, simple. Uh, yeah, staying simple. There you go. Mm -hmm. um, 
<clears throat> so, and, and we talk about that a lot, right, Sandy? Well, well, I was thinking too, a lot of people get, it's not, not too different than realtors where you get all caught up in the numbers and the, we're going to sell this many houses or we're going to buy this many houses. And, you know, it's kind of, people get in, in, kind of intrigued or enthralled with that, hitting that big number and, right. you know, people want to go on. In, in some cases, in the real estate investment community, you know, they want to go on stage and they want to talk about sell, buying however many hundreds of houses or thousands. Yeah. And, it's, and that can be, that can be good. <laughs> you know, it can also be a realtor world. We see this a lot where that often doesn't mean a lot of net profit or net. The margins are really on that grade at the end of the day. And that's what you're eating into when you take on partners. Usually you're getting, you know, a 50% hit on, on the, on the, I mean, you could argue both ways because it's 50% of nothing potentially or it's, better than, yeah. 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 Um, but at the end of the day, the private money at let's say 15%, give or t- whatever that number is for a short term and you own it hundred percent afterwards, you know, is a lot cheaper in the long run than 50% ongoing forever. hundred percent. As long as you know what you're doing, right? Because I've seen people too that over leverage and borrowing at 15 to 20% and, um, the whole pyramid comes, you know, comes falling down. Right. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, but it, I mean, that, that kind of thing certainly, you know, sells podcasts and it sells like, it's very flashy and it's very, um, it's very, you know, people are drawn to that kind of thing. Cause we've talked to people who have done that kind of stuff and that's not to say it's the wrong way, but we've certainly talked to people in the, the, the podcast, um, you know, headline is, you know, how, how so-and-so bought, 12 properties in 12 days, you know, <laughs> right. So, uh, so, and then and that, well, that doors, definitely right? gets a lot more downloads, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but, it does. Uh, it does. And they, they yeah. everybody thinks, wow, I can do that. I mean, you know, and, and that's great, but I mean, times aren't going to be, you know, I, I dusting off my crystal ball here. Right. But times I don't think are going to be as lucrative. Like the, everybody who bought, 144 doors in one year or whatever they they look like brilliant stars and they they are but the market helped out let's face it the market has been you know a major player to to success all these of of a lot of people us included Mm -hmm. right but Mm -hmm. but now comes the, the challenging part i think in the next few years where you know all of a yeah. sudden, I think, you know, you're, you're not, you can't just, you know, you just can't buy it a three cap and, and <laughs> be successful. Right. Yeah. We talked to a lot of people do Rob, right. Who have uh, looking back and said, I wish I did way less partnerships or I wish I never did like sure. any of those partnerships. And they yeah. bought, you know, I can think of a couple of interviews where they, you know, buying 50 plus properties a year and saying that was a t- terrible decision because it just blew up their life and not, not just their investment side, but their whole outside of business life and just ruined their, their lives in many ways for a short term. And it's case by case, right? it's, it's, so. it's worth it for some people. It's not worth it for others. Hindsight's 2020. You can kind of learn through it and, 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 yeah. and, and go on your way. But um, the psychology of money, I was just looking up with that book. There's a great book around kind of that topic of how, everyone's different and everyone uses money differently. Everyone wants and has higher risk tolerance than others, et cetera. Um, it's a really good book. Morgan Housel, Morgan Housel, whoever you say it last name is the, the author. I read that called? one like uh, in the last year or so. Uh, it's like the psychology of money. Okay. It's a newer book. It's only out in the last one to two years, but uh, really good on that topic. Exactly. Just of, of 
how to gauge where your tolerance might lie and what what might work for you. Go big or go small on your own and lean or there's there's no right answer. Mm-hmm. And lean's a big one too, right? Because you know the the more doors you get and the more partners you get, it's not just you, a bookkeeper, and you know. And right. it's, it's a whole team behind you. It's a whole team. And then, you know, there's salaries and there's expenses there. And, you know, that, that all leads into it. Yeah. There's also implications of working with partners who have other partners, right? Under the same umbrella. So there's all kinds of complications. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, geez, like we've always said, we said this a hundred times. As soon as you decide to be a real estate investor, guess what? All the challenges that are possibly in real estate investing now get thrown in front of your path and you've got to figure out how to navigate them. So that's just what happens, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, you manage your units yourself, I believe still, is that right? And, uh, and, and, yes. and why, why have you always done that yourself? Have you leveraged property management or, or aspects of property management at times? Or we did why, at why times. Not? When we first started out, we thought that that's what we should do. Um, and we did. And then we, you know, found out that, you know, units weren't painted and, you know, they were putting tenants in there that we not, didn't necessarily want. And, you know, we quickly figured out that, you know what, even being two hours away from our properties, because we would buy most of our buying holds are in one one market in southern Ontario. So we um, we just thought, you know what, I like at that point I had quit my job. Mike was still working. And, you know, we figured you look at that line item and you say, I can it's it's a job. I can do it like anybody else can. So we, we just made that decision. It's not for everybody, but it put that line item back in our pocket, um, which made sense to us. And, um, and then we were able to, uh, you know, justify it, I guess. And are your, uh, are your properties, you mentioned a lot or most of them are in one market. Are they all, are they spread out much or are they all in you know, one or two locations? Uh, they're in one or two locations. Um, we actually sold 24 of them in January, 24 units. Wow. So, wow. 24 units. How many, is that, how many properties would that be? Is well, that... that was six, six, four plexes we sold and they were all on one street. So, um, we just made the decision to, we had been doing it for a lot of years, upwards of 10 years on those properties. And it just was time with the market. One buyer came in, bought the whole port, bought the whole thing. Um, it just made sense to us. So we, we did it. And, you know, we were honestly, it, it's about simplifying and about not looking back and sort of doing a reset for, for Mike and I in terms of what do we want to do now? You know, do, do we want, cause we, you know, all those were like small, they were town, they were basically townhouses. When I say fourplexes, they were purpose built. They looked like town, each unit looked like a townhouse, main floor, um, living room, kitchen, three bedroom or and a half bath on the main floor. And then three bedrooms, full bath upstairs, and then full basement, independent furnaces, independent hot water tanks, laundry room kind of thing. So they were independent townhouses and there were 24 of them. So, um, and they were all three bedrooms. So it, you know, it was, it was very, a good very lucrative decision. By the yes. of it. Yeah. <clears throat> and but, I think it's like, basically, yeah, exactly. If you could, looking back, you probably couldn't have timed it more perfectly, really. <clears throat> we, we got rid of a couple um, right at that time too. So that it was definitely a good time, I think. And a lot of times uh, 
I look back on selling places and I'm not super pumped on the ones that I've sold, but I think, I, I honestly think that we couldn't have timed it more perfectly. Like what you did this time. So we're always going to look back and say, I'm yeah. already looking back and saying we could have got more because the market did go up after we signed the deal. But um, you know, we will all do that. But at the end of the day, like we we've learned not to get emotional about things. Like I, I talked to real estate investors that would never sell every anything and every single property that they sold, they regret. But I mean, we just, we got our time back. Yes, we were mm -hmm. self-managing. We could have outsourced it, but nobody, I believe, and this is a statement that everybody can blast me for. Nobody cares about your properties the way you do. Well, nobody would. Yeah, you're yeah. absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, and I don't <clears throat> care, you know, and and it just, it just, it just, by moving that out of, of our lives, it just, it was such a breath of, of sigh of relief and, and we can look at new things. We can look at, you know, new strategies, new things we want to do. So you didn't have... Okay. I know you've already answered this, but like, okay. it just blows me away. How is it that you manage all these properties yourself? Like, cause to me, that's more stressful than working with the partners, like working with the tenants, all those tenants, 66 doors is, is a lot of well, some are buildings. Right. And, and some we, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. But, but still, um, yeah, it was, still it, was, units it was definitely inside. You know, Mike used to say when he drove onto the street, he was like the ice cream man. So they would come running out and like, I need this. I need this. I need this. You know, we had systems and processes in place to simplify our life. Uh, <laughs> to, you know, um, management of these things like, you know, in, in complaints and whatnot. So that by putting processes in place for tenants, then they just couldn't, you know, ask for stuff. They had to put it in a system and there had to be a work order created and they could see. So a lot of it was, you know, systems in, on the back end. Um, but, you know, we, it was a job. It was definitely a job. He was, he was down dealing with stuff probably three to four days a week dealing with those units. There were most of them are one market. So, mm -hmm. and they're older, right? They're built in the seventies. So that is a, that's a, that's a really funny thought of all the tenants coming running out. Like he's the ice cream man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can see that. What were, what were, were, were there like one or two of those tools that you, you said you were implementing there with, to make it a little easier. Was there one or, or a few of those that were like totally imperative Gee, that you were, yeah. you really found well, like, build them, build them, build them. Yeah. Yeah. Software. And we forced all the tenants to anything they wanted, any communication, everything went and build them. So, um, and we had a maintenance guy too. Like when I say I do have, we do have an on the ground maintenance guy that for, if you clicked a certain aspect in building them with respect to your request, um, his name was Paul, Paul would get a message as well, which, which filled him in on things so that if anything was urgent, you know, he could deal with it too. So, um, and he was, he was like someone you had working only with you or he worked with a bunch of different, uh, he worked with other people too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So but he was more maintenance versus management. But... Yeah. Okay. He was more maintenance. He was paid by the hour, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. so he, yeah. So, cause we, we, you need somebody like, but the, if I could count on one hand, how many times we were had urgent calls where, you know, you had flooding basements, you had issues where you had to, you know, stop, drop and roll basically <laughs> and get down there. Right. So, yeah. so for the most part, a lot of things could be dealt with and, you know, simple things like for simple investors. And I know we're, we're getting, you know, small and sort of into the details when I say this, but home hardware, home hardware, there is a home hardware and 
on every in every small town. Set up an account at a home hardware um, for your company or your whatever, your personally, and then probably 40% of the requests can be fixed by making the tenant do the work on their own. Oh, I'll call ahead, go into home hardware, get this, get that. They go and take care of it. They pick it up if it's something small, whether it's ant traps, bug spray, toilet plunger, I don't care. I mean, if they can go pick up a $10 toilet plunger and I don't have to engage somebody to come out and deal with something because they just they just can't, you know, you're fixing 40% of the problems they're fixing mm -hmm. on their own. Mm -hmm. Right. I and like that. Yeah. And yeah. For the little things for sure. For the yeah. little things. Right. And, and those were just little things that we did um, just to God helps those who help themselves <laughs> help yourself tenant. Right. <laughs> Go get it. Right. Go get this, have it ready for the handyman, whatever. So then it even just saved the time of, the handyman coming and going and grabbing it, uh -huh. you know, yeah. and make them do it. And they're going to, they're going to charge you an hour. So even if like, yeah, it, like, let's just say there's four whatevers to choose from the tenant picks the most expensive one. It's still like, well, you, usually home, you, usually home hardware, I would say, you know, get the cheapest one, get the cheapest door handle, whatever, or get the, you know, cause I had an ID, get that. And then tent, tent, Mr. Tenant come pick it up. And then, you know, Mr. Handyman pop over when he's doing five other things and put it in or whatnot. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. But it sounds, it's very, it's very cost effective. And actually. It's, it's, you know, this, we're talking about the details versus the big picture, mm -hmm. but it's stuff that, you know, if, if you make a choice, you know, if people out there that have one or two units that don't want to pay for property management. Hey, breakthrough listeners. Are you a real estate investor looking to scale your portfolio, but struggle to find an investment focused renovation company? then our team at Evolution Construction Management is here for you. With our standard list of features and processes, we've created an efficient method to streamline your renovation from start to finish so you don't have to. Enjoy a hassle-free renovation on us. Visit our website at www.evolutioncm.ca or email us for your free quote at info at evolutioncm.ca. That, you know, there's, there's ways that you can really, you know, that, that piece of information is what we call the golden nugget. That's oh. what everyone's looking for when they, when they listen. So I think so well, anyway, like I thought it's, it was always a good thing. It always worked yeah. well for us. It always fixed. It saved a lot of money. I've never done that. I just have my guy, my one guy. And anytime the tenant calls me, I'm like, swing by, see what's going on. Right. Right. Um, and, and that's really handy too. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I love it for the small things because it yeah. teaches the tenants a little bit about like, hey, because like, when you're going to fix it all the time and it's the little things even and you're like, don't worry, we'll come fix door. Like it just never ends. Right. They just they, they call about ends. everything and you're like, come on. There's a little. Yes, there's a few ants. Go like get the ant thing and put it like or it's go do that with yourself. It's not or right. it goes away. And, and the home hardware will call me five days later and say, Hey, I still got the stuff held for, you know, this person, you still, you know, you still want it. Right. No, it must, it went away. Right. Put it, it back went, on the shelf. Yeah. When, when you, when you make them do the work and, and, you know, do something, you know, and I, I don't think I'm asking. So if it's not them. worth the hassle for them, then they're not going to bother and ask you again. Right. Too. I always, yeah. I think it's so, one of the things that's always stuck with me is early on when I started going to Durham REI, I remember Quentin was talking about how he will, um, when, when he's bringing tenants in, right. To, to do a walkthrough before they move in. And he would always say, okay, he would 
have a plunger beside the toilet and go, this is how you plunge the toilet. And do it as a joke, right? But it's like, here, it's here, and this is how you do it. So, you know, don't call me <laughs> if, it says if you so need much. your toilet plunger. That, that yeah. is, is a message beyond the toilet of, right. don't exactly. call me, you know? So, yeah. no, it's definitely, definitely, it, it fixed a lot of problems for us, so. Great. Yeah. I love that. That's perfect. And even building them, right? Like, no, don't text me. We don't, we don't accept texts only when they're, they're getting the apartment. Am I texting them until we make them a tenant? We set them up in the portal. They have a, a texting number. They have a, you know, they can go and look at, they can print out their own rent receipts. They can do anything. And, and there's no more texting. And then it's an extra step for them to go and create a work order and probably, Probably, I, I don't know the numbers, 20%, 30% of the time that never even makes it in there, right? Because, and, and as long as you're doing regular inspections, because you got to make sure that obviously then there's the other side of tenants that don't complain about anything. And then, oh yeah, this has been mm -hmm. leaking three doors or three sure. floors down for yeah. six months. I Yeah, I was going to get to telling you about that, but didn't really. So mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. that tenant too. True. So yeah. you got to make sure you get the inspections done as well. Yeah. So... What do we have next? Year? Um, well, what's going? What's happening for the future then? You said you're selling some 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 properties, or you sold some properties. Are you, yeah. Is that is that uh, is that something you're doing more of? Are you going to uh, acquire more? Uh, wh what are you doing with those? I mean, you said you're kind of simplifying life or putting it. Are, are you reinvesting some of that? Uh, yeah, like we're looking at money? a reset right now. So we're really kind of we're 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 kind of trying to figure out our our direction. We're like you know <laughs> flowers in the wind right now, trying to figure out you know, where we want to go. Um, you know, we've, we've been picking away at the possibility of buying some stuff out West, um, bigger buildings, definitely bigger buildings. We like, we would never do smaller stuff anymore. Um, so there's, there's that and, you know, land development stuff where we've been looking at uh, opportunities there and lending. That's kind of our short term go-to right now in, in inflationary times, the worst place to have your money is sitting in cash so we get it out there. We're getting it moving on short-term deals for investors, mostly on flip projects or when they're waiting for financing. Um, so we're, you know, we're, we're, we're lending, we're lending, um, we're lending a lot to, you know, to that, sort of get that, get that. That's going good. That's yeah. good. Are you, are you planning on like, selling a bunch more of your stuff or what's no, the plan there? The ones that we have right now kind of fit in our portfolio other than mm -hmm. one, but, um, yeah, it's been a good property. <laughs> so, so the bigger stuff we'll keep for now, like we will keep, we, we'd have no intention of doing that. And then just, you know, just like I said, a reset, we're not really, we're not really sure. We're not really it's sure. So funny. We're looking, we're looking at opportunities. Right uh -huh. But that implies so much though. I love that. It's just like, well, they all fit into our, our lives now, except one. So yeah. should I ask, should I ask? Well, yeah, no, the one, because I don't want the attendants to ever see or think that, you know, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a duplex in Guelph that we, we had one of my kids living in for the longest time and now we've rented it out to somebody else who finally got him back home. So we'll, we'll keep that going. That's been a great property. Guelph has always been a great market for us. Um, we've always had stellar tenants there. It's been, it's been, um, that, that property has been a joy. So we'll keep that one. Yeah. Cool. Uh, 
lending is there is that something that how do you how does that work for you do you do you have people reaching out to you do you do you find the deals through brokers or something we definitely haven't used brokers i mean again i this is kind of saying this and you're going to get all kinds of people disagreeing with me or saying we're not you know doing it right but hey it's our money we can do what we want right yeah. <laughs> so we we you know, I, I, there's a place for brokers out there. They get paid, you know, a couple points or a point. And then, cause we, we borrowed money before we know. And then the lender wants a couple a point or a point and a half to go to the bank and get the money. And everybody gets, you know, rich on points or whatnot. We try to keep it simple. We don't use brokers. Um, and everything's registered on title. We don't charge points right now. We don't charge any points. We just charge a simple interest rate. Um, and, we like the shorter term stuff. So, you know, if somebody needs it for 68 days, yeah, our interest rates aren't low. Don't, yeah. but they're simple, right? Like there's, you know, when you, people say, oh, well, I can get it for nine, 9% and three points. Well, I'm like, well, work that, work that out on your shorter term deal. Right. I mean, you're actually paying 16% for your money. Right. So, um, right. yeah. So we incur it. We, we love if people can, you know, turn around and, you know, maybe it's a, it's a wholesale deal where they're just buying and they're, they're relisting. I just did one that I think it's 61 days from, from time of, of purchase to time of sale was 61 days. He paid for 61 days. That's it. Hmm. Plus all of the fees, uh, lawyer, legal fees. Right. So um, that's kind of how we do it. We only do first position. Um, I'd have to be convinced on the second position. Um but, uh, I'm I'm sorry, what's, what's the LTV that you use? Uh, it depends, right? Like it depends. You know, if if I've had borrower that's come to us with with a with a sweet deal that you know there's hundred and fifty thousand dollars of equity in the buy, and then their plan is to put another hundred and fifty in renovations into it. So maybe we'll go up a little higher on the LTV than what a standard one. So I can't, I couldn't really say, Rob. It's just it just depends on the deal, deal. by deal. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, you mentioned wholesale. Just I, I, I know maybe some listeners don't really know what that is. We talk about wholesale quite a bit. Wholesale, we've I don't know if we've really talked about it much. I mean, it's relatively similar, but you want to just yeah, what that we, is? we did a lot of wholesales last year. We did like thirteen of them. And the market going up, up and up and yeah, up and like up, it, right? It, the wholesales. Yeah. So the wholesale, you know, we always buy from wholesalers um, when we buy. So and then if we can come in, we can clean it up do minimal, like minimal. When I say, you know, the, the definition of a true hotel is nothing, but there's never nothing. But to me, if, if we can call the roof guy or, and call the dumpster and junk guys, and that's the extent of it, I still consider that a wholesale deal. So you're, you're throwing on a new roof and you're cleaning out a bunch of junk um, and bringing in a cleaner and then you're relisting it and that's it. And that's, that's to me would be a wholesale deal. And you're always going on market with it on the, on the back end. Um, a lot of times flippers would buy them. Um, they would buy them and then they, they get into, you know, it's funny. We did one wholesale deal with, we didn't know the investor that bought it, but we do now. And he's like, why did you sell that? Like, and we made like, you know, 50, I think on it. And then he made an extra 80, you know, maybe we should have not been so, you know, blindsiders to say, but you know, I mean, we were able to get our money and recycle it and recycle it again in, in mm -hmm. three times the amount of time it took him to do that, that flip. Yeah. So I agree. And that's the same as saying like to flippers who have been flipping for the last five years, it's like, why bother doing anything? If they just held on yeah. to the entire portfolio of everything that they bought, you know, 
<clears throat> and didn't sell it until January of, of this year, they would have made 10 times as much money and done zero work. So, you know, yeah, they it's, don't, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's all, it's all just, you know, you can look back and say you could have done everything, a bunch of things differently. Yeah. If we, yeah. We would held on them a bit longer or whatever, but we wanted to get them out. And it, mm -hmm. and I don't think wholetailing personally is a strategy that is going to be that successful in the next couple years because you know people are going to want more finished products and and maybe there'll still be a market depending on how cheap it is right for the flipper there's still going to be flippers out there they still need flippable property so who knows the part of the risk on the flip though is is the time in it right you never know what could shift as if you're buying in january february maybe even early march this year a lot of in at least southern ontario a lot of uh flip projects might be you know people might be a little stressed about them right now potentially if they didn't get them at a good enough deal uh, whereas the wholesale, you know, you could have got in and out in a, within a month, two months. You get in less. and out, you know, with yeah. with a wholesale, what the market's going to look like because you're you're in and out real quick. I'm yeah. we're sitting on two big flip projects right now that we're doing that we're not panicking a little because we got them for a great price, but you know, I don't think we're going to make. They're not going to be the huge home run yeah. that if we would if we would have turned around and just sold them right away. Um we probably would have made more money than doing the big renos that we're doing, but we kept people employed and, you know, we have contractors that all got paid. So we'll. Yeah. Yeah. That's the machine. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about a piece of info or advice. that's always stuck with you and how it's helped you. Um, uh, yeah. I, you know what? I, there's so many, but I mean, I, I just see, a lot of, especially the little guys, right? They're, you know, they're, they're going for the shiny penny, right? So, oh, Sudbury looks good. And then we buy one in, in, in Hamilton. And then, you know, there's one down in Windsor. And I see that, you know, this, they're buying these small multifamilies all over the place. Um, I, I think you should figure out a market, figure out, it doesn't have to be your, your local market. You know, I know that that's the comfort mm -hmm for everybody because they know the streets, they know the market, but go find a market that whether it cash flows, you know, um, something that makes sense where the numbers make sense and then just learn the market, try to buy in the market. That goes back to that whole home hardware thing. Whereas, you know, if you can, if you can get a right, few properties right. and then you can set up a network, whether it's property management or maintenance or whatever, and then, you know, you can be successful in that market. Well, that's even been our mentality sort of, um, when I say are, I mean, my team uh, in Durham, Peterborough as agents, right? Where, where we'll focus on just a couple of markets. And that way, when people call and ask questions like, can I duplex this legally? Or what do I need to do in order to duplex this legally? Or can I do a student rental here legally and all that kind of stuff? Then we can just go, yeah or no, right? Just look at the property, look at the listing and go yes or no. But when it's outside of those areas, uh, I don't know. You know, there's there's too much more work that I need to do to figure out the answer. So it's sort of the same, sort of the same idea. Yeah, <clears throat> I like that. Yeah. yeah, no, it's definitely important to learn a market. And don't be don't be all over the place because well, I that mean, goes with strategy be. as well too, right? Like you know, not to say that you you've been super successful doing all kinds of different strategies, but it does help to to do have a little bit of focus. Rinse and repeat. If it works, mm. 
and you're making money at it, just keep, you know. I think that's almost one of the themes for the for the show here is kind of just there's a lot of a uh, lot to be said about simplifying and making things and making things as simple as possible and not overcomplicating and getting stuck in the there's so many people that kind of try and do everything or try and get that shiny object syndrome going and they dabbling in this that and everything and there's like no efficiencies in that and you really can make a really stressful not exciting life through that and i mean why do we do why do we invest in anything really it's to get some version of freedom in our life financial freedom and whatever that allows us to do because of that i see a lot of people getting stuck in the and my myself at times too is getting stuck in like all the different things that are out there and options and I know and it's yeah it's, and just... it's painful and it takes a lot a lot of learning for people to figure that out sometimes and um often the simple way is 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 just the best way uh but like we said at the start right it kind of everyone's got different goals and different different thoughts around all that so it's totally individual case by case yeah but there's a mm -hmm. lot of a lot to be said about keeping it simple i guess is my point yeah, I, I see so many, like I've seen a lot of, and I'm sure you guys have seen more people that have just quit, quit with real estate completely. You know, they've, you know, they, they went nuts or whatever they, however their journey was. And then they're just, they're just done. Right. Whereas this shouldn't be this, this awful experience if you build it right and you keep it, you know, manageable, whether it's manageable or if you want to be big, but have systems in place and, and, you know, because, you know, this is, this is a great strategy for retirement for, you know, for, this is, this is why we do it. And you don't want to hate it. You don't want to hate. Yes. It's yeah. a job, but yeah. Yeah. Like this has this, becoming a real estate investor definitely afforded like a, a, a way different lifestyle, much more freedom than, you know, I could have ever imagined before discovering it. So you don't want to trade one, job for another let's just put it that way right like right. the whole idea of this is to have more freedom and and build a a, a true life right so yeah that's awesome yeah. thank you for sharing everything with us today thank you for having me it was fun and uh people that want to get in touch with you and your money how would they, how would they do that <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Michelle at greenridgeproperties.com. So G R E E N R I D G E properties, P R O P E R T I E S dot com. Perfect. And way. as usual, we'll have that in the show notes. So anyone that's uh, driving or whatever right now can't write it down. Just uh, click on the the uh, click on the show notes, and you'll see all Michelle's information in there. Sandy. Got to unmute and then tell us how people can get in touch with you. I'm unmuted. I'm <laughs> unmuting because I got a dog in the background making some noise here. Uh, so Still outside. I, will, uh, I will do my best to make it, get this through. But Sandy at <laughs> freedomreps.com is uh, the best way to connect. And uh, and yeah, super thankful, Michelle. This was awesome. Appreciate okay, it. back on mute. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And people can reach me at rob at mrbreakthrough.ca. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. 
We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. And we hope you've been inspired to take control and live life on your terms. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, make sure to like, rate, and review the show. And don't forget to subscribe and listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. See you next time. Bye.